I'm Alonzo Alexander, and I'm the host of the official podcast of North Carolina Science Olympiad, The STEM Yard. I'm going behind the scenes to get an all-access look at how the North Carolina Science Olympiad operates. From interviews with coaches, insights from event leaders, I'll be sharing behind-the-scenes moments you don't want to miss. We're here with our guest, Lisa Giacomelli. She is the director of the North Carolina Science Olympiad. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. What is North Carolina Science Olympiad? North Carolina Science Olympiad is an NC State University program. It falls under the Science House organization, and we basically serve K through 12 students with a passion in STEM. We host tournaments on school campuses across the state of North Carolina. The tournaments are organized as academic competitions. They challenge students in various events, which are hands-on, inquiry-based, interactive. The events cover many different disciplines of science, including engineering and technology, too. How did you originally discover Science Olympiad? (laughs) This is actually pretty funny to think back on. So 10 years ago, and wow, what a difference a decade makes, right? Um, I was interviewing for my prior teaching position, and during my interview, they asked me, they said, you know, we would really love to have a Science Olympiad team at our school is this something you would be willing to do? And me, of course, being the good interviewee that I am, I said, yes, absolutely. Of course I would. But do you mind telling me what Science Olympiad is? <laughs> I had never heard of Science Olympiad before. I was not a Science Olympiad kid. I sure wish I was. I just had no idea it was a thing. And I guess the rest is history. From that point on, I poured everything I had into Science Olympiad as a coach. And here we are 10 years later as the executive director. Why did you want to become a science teacher? I think my motivation to become a teacher just in general was to serve as a cheerleader for kids who were hesitant to try science. Um, my goal was always just to help them develop this deep, intrinsic belief in themselves and ultimately to be that to serve as that constant reminder to just never underestimate themselves to never sell themselves short to be that person in their lives saying like hey science is for you um i think there's this deep belief that oh science is hard or it's only for the smart kids and that's so far from true i think more kids need to be encouraged to just try it just Put yourself out there and try it. And that's one thing I love about Science Olympiad is that it really encourages that. What's one of the things that you hope from your own experience and your own life and your own passion that you're going to bring into Science Olympiad? Oh, wow. Uh, I've been a Science Olympiad coach for the past 10 years, and I have experienced the impacts of Science Olympiad firsthand for me, but more so for my students. Um, Science Olympiad can change the course of a child's life, and I hope that I can get more students involved in Science Olympiad, make it manageable, make it accessible to as many students as possible so that they can take from this um, as much as they can outside of the science. The science is one thing. Certainly, they're learning science content. They're learning engineering skills and STEM. 
but they are learning life skills that will be with them forever. So I would love to see more and more students being able to get involved in this program. But let's focus on you for just a minute. You were a coach and I understand you took a team to nationals, I think multiple times. Is that right? Twice. All right. That's so, more than one. That is right. <laughs> so tell us about that experience and, and tell us what do you think it takes for a coach and a team to get to nationals? What, what's the amount of work involved? Oh, wow. Honestly, I would say my best advice would be to forget that your goal is to get to nationals <laughs> and focus on one day at a time. Focus on the baby steps. Focus on continuing to make progress every day, every month, every tournament you are in. Go and be your best. And don't focus on the end result. Just focus on always bringing that work ethic consistently over the long term and you will get there. Um, our motto was always try it one more time and always have that goal of getting better and being better. You will never know everything. You will never be the best. And when you have that mindset, it, you always want to try more and do and work harder. And I think honestly, that is the mindset that helped us get there. When do you think as a coach, you recognize the potential in a team when you say, oh, wow, Maybe with just a just a little more, right? This team is can become something special. How do you know that? I think it just takes a little bit of them getting their feet wet, feeling that success, believing in themselves, building their confidence, and thinking, you know what? Like I can do this, and seeing other schools and other students be successful, and saying to them and encouraging them, like you can do this too, and helping them realize that. Um, it does not take much for them to get a taste of what it's like to feel that success. And once they have that, once you hook them, it's really hard to pull back. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. So there are probably coaches listening saying, well, at your big fancy school, <laughs> maybe you can have great levels of success. But I'm at a small school here in a rural area in North Carolina. I could never have that level of success. What, what would you say to someone who might say that to you? You absolutely can. You, I, my advice would be network like crazy. Find your people, reach out, um, look on the forums. There are, and that would be advice for coaches and for students, honestly, because the best thing that happened to me was reaching out and going to those conferences and finding other people to support me and to talk to once I went back to my classroom all alone, um, finding people that I could lean on that are in this with me, trying to do the same thing was huge. And same for the students, I think, getting on the Sioli Wiki and the forums, like there, even though you're, you feel like you're the only one in your small town studying birds ornithology, you are not. All you need to do is get online and see that there are so many other kids just like you that you may not see face-to-face, -face, but there's an entire online community that can help inspire and motivate you and, and support you. Can you tell us a favorite story from coaching your own team? Oh, wow. There are so many. How much, how much time do we have for this question? Um, okay, one story I will never forget, and this was early on in my coaching career, the first few years. We were at State's 
And if you've ever experienced the state tournament as a coach, you know, you run around all day long, like your hair is on fire, trying to keep all of your ducks in a row. And I get this text message in the middle of the day that says, and I guess it's okay if I use his name. Um, Ben just threw up all over the hallway. <laughs> so I rush over there thinking this poor child was in massive distress. I get there and here comes Ben running towards me shouting, oh man, I threw up everywhere. <laughs> but don't worry, I finished my test first. And I just about died. <laughs> like, he was not concerned in the least bit that he was not feeling well and feeling sick and that he threw up everywhere. He was more concerned about the fact that he finished his test. So if that's not a commitment and dedication, <laughs> I honestly don't know what is. Some of the best lessons in science come from failure. Did your team ever face failure? And if so, how they handle it and how they learn from it? Oh my gosh, did we ever face failure? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yes, all the time. More than any successes we have ever had. There's so much failure involved in science. You're totally right. Oftentimes we learn so much more from our failures than from our successes. I think that's part of what I really love about science. Um, the failure helps us to embrace this idea of not being good at something at first and to, in a way, seek out those failed opportunities and view them as incredible learning experiences. But anyway, um, I had one student working solo on Mission Possible. His device was amazing. It worked flawlessly. We got to state competition and there was one minor detail that he had overlooked in the rules and his device was not compliant. There were tears, there were angry parents, but ultimately I said, look, can you fix this in any way within the next hour to make it meet the requirements? And he went to work. He could have sat there in a puddle of misery, but he didn't. I remember him in the back of his dad's truck parked behind the building, hustling, trying desperately to make something work. I think I have a picture of that somewhere. I'll have to dig that out. It's it's so ingrained in my memory um, because in that moment, it was heartbreaking and felt earth shattering for all of us. But looking back, and I do fully believe that he would agree with me now, he was building his character that day. I guarantee he is more resilient because of that experience. And hopefully it helped him to realize that he can face adversity and you can come out stronger on the other side. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some, some quick questions now and you can, you can dive into them if you want, but let, let's see if we can keep it brief. What was your favorite science Olympiad event? I will say, honestly, I'd probably the flight events, mm. the planes, the gliders, um, right stuff, just because standing there and watching those kids having to fully understand their airplane, having a very short time, having they are working through the scientific method in real time. And it's amazing to watch them be able to pick up a plane from the ground, either put it back together, go get their backup pl a plane and decide to use that. I mean, especially young kids, sixth graders who are making those decisions under such pressure in real time. That's an amazing thing to witness. And that's something that's very difficult for kids that age to do. Um, so I think the flight events are probably my, would be my top pick. All right. I think that's a good choice. Best piece 
of Science Olympiad swag. Ooh. Ooh, I gotta say the scrunchies from last year. The like scrunchies that was are... next level. <laughs> <laughs> See, and everyone on my team had one. I still have mine. That needs to continue. <laughs> I guess I'm in charge, well, so I guess I can make that happen, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, I am partial to the socks, personally, but okay, scrunchies. I like the scrunchies. We'll get you a scrunchie. Hey, listen, I will grow this stuff out. <laughs> you, you, you know, we, we're on, we're on uh, uh, audio here, but I will get some flowing locks, and I will put that scrunchie right in. I'm going to hold you to that. Okay, very good. Uh, all right. What was your best moment? What's your best memory that you can share with us from being at a Science Olympiad event? Wow. In 2019, at the state tournament, that would have been the first time my team qualified to advance to nationals. So they're counting, Kim is counting down the top teams and fourth, fifth, fourth, third. And I thought, oh, we blew it. <laughs> because in my mind, there was no way we were going to be in the top two. And they announced us as number two. And watching my kids react to that is probably the best thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life. I immediately got up and ran to the stage. And there's video evidence of this somewhere and nearly tackled Jason Painter. <laughs> it was just such a raw, pure moment with my kids that I will never forget. That's and it amazing. makes all of those hours and the blood and sweat and tears that go into this so worthwhile. That's amazing. As a uh, as the director of Science Olympiad, you work with a lot of different um, entities. You work with, of course, event leaders. You work with volunteers. You work with the large organizations. There may be parents listening. How can parents support their school's team or their area's team? How can they support their students who are participating in Science Olympiad? Just get involved in any way. I think a lot of parents are hesitant because they're not science experts. They don't know the content. But I tell my parents all the time, you do not need to be experts in science to be able to help and support our team. There are so many other things that go into this that you can help with. So I think don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by it. You have something worthwhile to bring to the table and just step up and offer. Um and don't think that your expertise is not worthwhile because there is always something that you can help us with. What do you see as the future of Science Olympiad across the state of North Carolina? I fully believe that the best is yet to come. This year, I know we are early in our season and there's a lot of change happening. You can feel it. You can feel the energy. We are working our way back from unfamiliar territory for sure um, because of the pandemic. And I believe that we will just continue to build and grow from here. All right. That's a great vision. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today on the STEM Yard. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really honored. The STEM Yard is a production of the Science House at North Carolina State University. Our show is produced by Valerie Bass, with assistance from the North Carolina Science Olympiad. We're supported by funding from the Backyard Foundation. I'm your host, Alonzo Alexander. Catch us again in the STEM Yard, where science is our playground.